Welcome to Inside the Wires, hands down the best podcast in all of racket sports. Listener discretion may be advised for a younger audience. Welcome to Inside the Wires. I'm Ben. I'm Noah. And I'm Blake. What's going on, guys? How's everyone doing? Enjoying uh, time in uh, shelter in place. Blake, how's the baby? Baby's doing great. Um, we're excited to talk about another baby on today's oh. episode coming up. Not mine. Oh, oh. Well, <laughs> well, that changes things. For all the listeners, yeah, I didn't want to scare anybody too much. Yeah. Especially uh, no, I think things have been good. I think by now I'm nationally ranked in Call of Duty at the rate I've been going. But um, status quo. How violent is – I've honestly never played Call of Duty. How violent is it? Because my children asked about it the other day. They shouldn't be playing it, right? I, I can't six recommend and eight. it to your children. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I shut them down, but I just check. Eventually, sure. But I don't think right now is good for that. That's okay. kind of kind of like when when my kids uh, when they were they must have been like uh, eighth grade or high school early high school they uh, they took me to go see Sasha's party when I had absolutely no idea what the movie was and I sat there for almost two hours being mortified and wanting to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing when you get talked into Call of Duty without really knowing what you're in for. I think. Yeah, I've I've kept myself busy. We we uh, Blake Noval discussing uh ashford seidenberg 2020 presidential round uh with blake as our chief of staff uh we're trying to get graham mcnearney what was graham secretary of state is that what we were going with secretary of state yeah yeah did do a photo shoot for the uh for the ashford seidenberg 2020 presidential run well you could negotiate with the canadian battle players okay any any diplomatic missions yeah i think i think one one of our guests today is putting his name in for Secretary of Defense, too. Ooh, cool. All right. Got the team going. T-shirts, go. T-shirts and stickers will be coming out for everyone. Oh, that'll be a hot commodity. Noah, what have you been up to? Um, you know, uh, I've been, been up at 2 in the morning talking with uh, factories in China a lot lately for Xenon. So um, looking forward to, to getting the, uh, that going on and uh, not having to be up at 2 in the morning to talk to them anymore. So not a lot of sleep lately. All right. Well, good. All it's right. fun. Well, I, uh, I did try and go over the, uh, the lakefront because it's so beautiful in show, but uh, they've closed all the parks and they wouldn't let me in. So that sucked. Um, so do you guys want to, uh, I don't think anyone's really done a recap or, or discuss nationals. Uh, you guys want to just yeah. briefly go over real quick? Absolutely. I, I can give you the perspective of nationals from the PTI last chance draw. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a perspective that most people don't know about, so it might be interesting. Yeah. How, How was, was it? <laughs> it was great. Uh, the PTI, I thought the PTI was, was good. I, I mean, there's, there's obviously a lot of people who feel, have strong feelings on both, both sides of it, but uh, I think the PTI was super competitive. I think the, you know, the field was good. The, the locations were all really good. I think it was well run. It was, uh, I, think it was, I think it was really well done, the PTI was. And, and I think the perspective of the open of, of going out to be able to watch that too was, was great. I think, I think the whole thing was set up really well. That's a great location for that big of a tournament, obviously. Yeah. I think every single year that Connecticut's able to host the nationals. I know Carl Levinon at the country club at Darien does such a nice job, such Mm -hmm. a nice job. I mean, I, 
it, nationals is always one of the tournaments I look for every single year. It's always fun to get together with the region one guys for president's cup before we start, but Connecticut really goes over the top and what a club too. all the, yeah. all the local clubs are great. Um, did the men's PTI have a full draw 64? Oh yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot stronger than I thought it was going to be. I think that was a good move this year to split the draws up for sure. Yeah, I thought yeah, the no, men's I... national draw ran very smooth, and and it seems like the men's PTI was nothing but a good success. So it's great to hear. You, you know, you mentioned the Presidents Cup. Did was there any announcements on on timing of that for next year and how that's going to work? I know we'll have. Uh, hopefully, we'll get. Uh, the president as well as the CEO of the APT on before too long, hopefully. But uh, have they made any announcements on what's going to happen with that next year? I don't believe so, but I know there are some rumors swirling with President's Cup changing up the format. Um, I won't speak on those right now, just in case I'm wrong, but I believe we're going up to Boston next year, which is yep. another one of my favorite places to be. I went to school mm -hmm. up there, so I'll be able to see all the guys. Um, Boston always brings out some of the best spectators in my opinion yeah. really have you guys played the boston open never yes. no i've never gone up there i think that's one of the best tournaments yeah yeah it's good now, everybody did, comes out they, they didn't do live streaming of uh president's cup this year did they they only live stream i believe one or two matches yeah i think, I think people would really enjoy um you know if that's if that's available to see some live streaming of the local teams i think that'll be i think that'd be great for for fans well, I think region one and three through eight need to figure something out, a plan to dethrone region two. Yeah. Region two has now won eight, eight, eight in yeah. a row. Yeah. That's not good. I thought, uh, I thought five had them this year. I did too, but if you yeah. go through region two's roster every single year, I mean. Holy crap, that's a good thing. I mean, it's an all-star team. That's yeah. for sure. Now, maybe maybe, uh, maybe they can hire region region seven to get the uh, region three guys drunk uh, significantly more the night before. That's and you I, know what? Speaking of that, that's always one of the fun aspects of Presidents Cup is you're you're with your team, who are typically either your opponents or just friends, but you're with your team. Usually, go out to a nice dinner, and you know it's good camaraderie for the sport out there. Now. Uh, I know we are going to be a fairly male-heavy listenership, um, but we'll get this Blake's point of view because he's the one that plays President's Cup. Uh, um, do you think the women's should be run the same way as the men's? In the, tough, you've got to be, what, ranked 26 in the country and down to play in the women's? Yes, I believe the top 25 are exempt. They cannot play. Um, I... I'll be honest, I'm very curious to see how President's Cup would go if the men did the same thing. Yeah. But on the same token, um, I, I mean, I think it'd be great. I think the women's game is more exciting than ever right now. So to see these matchups and a you know, paddle geek like myself, I always sit here and wonder, hey, how would this – partnership work with these two players and that's what you see in president's cup right yeah i mean i played with mark powers in one match i played with nathan in another match i played with drew in a match and the teams you know i don't normally play tournaments with any of those guys but it's a lot of fun as a spectator 
hitter to watch that and as a player to play with different people. So I think inviting the top women would be great for the sport. But uh, I hear nothing but good things about how it is already. Yeah. The the women's format is different as well as far as, uh, and I forget exactly, they play a different uh, number of games uh, per match or something as well. You guys aware of that? it's It's a shortened format. I think the women do something a little bit different as well. Uh, it's it's a long day, I'll tell you that. But yeah. it, um, I mean, it helped me significantly this year not being able to play a ton of matches throughout the calendar year to get you know three really really good matches in before the start of nationals. Right. It, it was interesting when I talked to some of the women out there this year. They did say that they actually preferred their format and didn't want to play. At least the ones I talked to didn't want to play the the format that the men did as far as the number of matches which is kind of interesting. Maybe if, uh, if you make the finals, it's five matches. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll have Anna Zabori on later and uh, maybe ask her what her thoughts are. Yeah. Yeah. No, she should be a good one. Um, let's, let's move on with Sin as we're trying to keep this, uh, keep it a little shorter. Uh, we were lucky to get it in. Now oh, that sounded sure. dirty. That sounded dirty when I said that uh, we were lucky to get nationals finished this year. Uh, I think five or six days later and it, right yes they they locked down the borders actually uh jared might not have been able to get back to sweden yeah is jared in sweden though i think we can find out from mr broderick later yeah according to ben he's uh he's a a goat herder in uh, afghanistan Mm Hmm. yeah true true story you'd think with gps we could figure that out now yeah he really is and then uh, I was going to kiss us just for a little bit, but we'll hopefully we'll get them all uh, coming up here soon. Just how good of a job that uh, President Tiernan did and uh, the new CEO, uh, Amin. Those guys are awesome. Absolutely. They're, they're moving yeah. the game really in the right direction. I thought they, they, they killed it this year. Absolutely. Yeah. Both of them are thinking in the right direction, which is great. You can see a clear path as to where the sport's going to go. And again, like I said about the women, I think both sides, men and women, are they're the most exciting they've been in a while. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I don't think we have that kind of old guard charge of the game anymore. No, the good speed Mansinger winning how many national titles in a row? <laughs> yep. that's, that's no longer here. But we do have to add that of our guests on this episode, we have had – these guys have had somebody in the finals – for the last 10 years, excluding 2019. Mm-hmm. But 10 years worth of finals. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. That's Isn't it kind of good. Different partners. But yeah. Yes. What, one, well, one I think these. that might be even more impressive. Different partners. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. That's yeah. nuts. No. So no, that's uh I think you know, do we do we want to talk about who we do have on the show today? Sure. Absolutely. We got, uh, got a great show. We've got uh uh, national men's national champions, uh, Stephen Mitchell and Johan Durant. Look at us coming out the gates hot, bringing that, in the national champs first time is, out of that, years. That is bar high. That is good, and and as well as uh, one of the two people they uh, they played against in the in the finals, Drew Broderick, uh, uh, also running the the PFP uh, Pro Flight Paddle Tournament, as well as uh, as being a finalist this year and a, and a past national champ for three years in a row with uh, Jared Palmer. Cool. Yeah, it's going to be a good show today. Great lineup. It's going to be great. Well, so let's out. let's touch on let's touch back on nationals real quick. So, what what do you guys, since you guys are both there watching most of the matches, what was your favorite match of this year's tournament on the men's and women's side? Go ahead, Noah. 
Oh, um, you know, that would require a lot of thought on my part. Uh, I don't know. I liked, uh, I, I, I thought that match that Mick and Sven played against, um, who did they play? Was it Drew and Jared? In the semifinals. Yeah, in the semis. Yeah, I thought that was a, that was a good match. There was uh, obviously a lot of back and forth with that. I thought that was a tremendous match. And both teams in that match were up 5-1 in the first and second or second set and lost the set. Huh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, Mick and Sven were up 5-1, lost 7-5, and I think Drew and Jared were up 5-1 or 5-2, and uh, Mick and Sven came back. But um, how about the match between the eventual women's champions, Marcelo yep. Desno and Macy Elliott against Anna, Zabori, and Martina? I didn't see that match. I was actually on court and wanted to get back to it. But uh, did you did you watch that match? I was watching most of the match until I had to go on and play my match. Yep. I have never heard a paddle match louder in my entire life. <laughs> Playing in front of your home crowd is helpful, isn't it? It was, and I'll tell you a quick funny story. We were doing introductions. Uh, Martin Bostrom and I were playing Graham McNerney and Modic Travinsky, and when they announced Graham's name, Macy and Marcella happened to win a point and the crowd <laughs> went crazy. And we all looked at Graham and said, wow, you're a popular guy around here. <laughs> so it was, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, it was a good time, but that, that was a special match. I got to tell you, my, my two matches, I'll start with the women. I liked watching the, uh, the eventual winners, right, play um, Dardis and Shea. Yes. It, it was interesting. It was, it was almost like um, 2010 when Johan kind of beat up on – he lost the first set, but then beat up on um, Good Speed and Mansinger. It was like a changing of the guard, right? We're just kicking the shit out of the ball. And I think they finished the match right. with an FYM at uh, Cynthia. Yes. yes. Right? Yeah, that went over um, pretty well, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I, I enjoyed watching that match. I thought it was really good. Yeah. All in and all, great nationals. I got to tell you my other match, uh, kiss his ass and he's right here now. Uh, Blake was your match, your quarterfinal match. Um, I was, I was sitting drinking with your dad and had, uh, Anderson right behind us. Uh, not Mr. Anderson. I'm sorry. Mr. Bostrom yes. was right behind us. And it was a great match. And um, ball where Martin got a short ball. And uh, I, I can't remember who was in there. I want to say it was Sven. And Mr. Anderson goes, Kim! <laughs> it was, uh, but that was a fun match. It was, uh, it was perfect paddle weather out there, out there having some drinks. And I thought that was a good night. Oh, absolutely. I, that's my favorite round of any tournament i think i think the quarterfinals under the lights something special i you know growing up being around the new jersey area the short hills invitational was always one of those tournaments yep. that uh i can remember since i was 15 years old going to watch you know the best of the best battle it battle it out under the lights it's almost like there's a letdown in the semis i understand it's the next round but it's like nine or ten o'clock the next morning everyone's at the quarters drinking it's the lights it's it's kind of prime time you know yeah, yeah i think uh, we have a lot of hungover people the next morning <laughs> it's uh yeah but uh, well congratulations on your run blake 
Nora and I were terrible, but uh, you did well. So congratulations on your nationals this year. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get a little inside the wires bump for next year. Yeah, I know. Right. Let's see how we can do on that. There's some precedent. All righty. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk to uh, the national champions. All right, welcome, uh, welcome back to Inside the Wires. We uh, we are coming out strong. We have got the uh, reigning national champions, Johan Durant and Stephen Mitchell. Uh, guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very welcome. much. All right. Well, I I wanted to start off right away. Um, I did want to ask you. How does it feel to be the national champions, but still only the second and third best South African players in the game of paddle? Is that, does that, does that sting? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to have to ask the obvious question. Who's number one, Bernie? Oh, come on yeah. now. Oh, everybody Who? in the Carl Indianapolis Evans? knows. No, Who? Everyone. Oh, there we go. I didn't think of that one. I don't think they know. Yeah, nobody Evans. knows. Nobody knows. Ricky, he, Baxter? Mm. Close. No, it's Baxter. Yeah. Ryan Baxter. Baxter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah he's I a sneaky one. regional thing. I never figured out. He's, uh, a, yeah. good, he's a good dude. He, I'll, I'll, I'll give it up to him. Great dude. No, yeah. no, no. You guys uh, national champions and um, great season. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're happy to, happy to have you guys on the show. Um, you know, second episode here. We're, uh, you know, we're glad to... Uh, to get the two of you on the, on the phone here. So we, uh, you know, we compiled a couple questions for you. Um, and one of the big ones that the three of us here wanted to really ask was what was the, what was the turning point from last year to this year with you guys as a team? I'll let Steve go because every time we do an interview, I talk and he just sits there quietly. <laughs> so he can go ahead. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's not, it's not an easy one to answer. I mean, I think, uh, I think last season, I felt like I was starting to figure it out. I was a little slow on the uptake, but I was starting to figure it out. And uh, this year, I think, um, again, I, I think winning kind of has a lot for the for the confidence. So the one out in Long Meadow was was a really good tournament for us, where we played a you know bunch of good guys, and they kind of got my got my confidence going. Um, and then, you know, from there on, I felt that I could actually understand and implement more of the you know the strategic things that my partner was telling me so that that kind of helped as we as we went on and uh, you know fortunately i think running deep in in a bunch of tournaments helped because every match gets a little bit better and a little bit easier so you know i think uh, i think that's kind of what it was for me and um oh first off we didn't say this at the beginning but uh happy birthday steven no oh, thank you very much <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, happy birthday. Thank you for coming on during, uh, during your birthday. Uh, I wanted to touch on one thing real quick about what changed from, from uh, last year to this year. Uh, I was talking to kind of John Hughes before my eyes, and he was saying it was a massive swing with Stephen moving over to the ad side. Yeah, I think it was mostly against, um, against them. Because then right. they couldn't uh, take it, take advantage of of that for now, and I think uh, I think uh, I mean it's it's hard when you start start learning and you're trying to trying to obviously force it a little bit. So we tried to get him used to playing the lefty spin, but maybe it was too quick, you know, at that level anyway. And I think uh, next year maybe we can <clears throat> we can 
make it change it up a little bit depending on when we play, especially early in the season. He can still play on the deuce side and get used to lefty spin because the goal is for us to play on on both sides and be versatile, you know. But uh, but obviously, Hughes has got some serious spin, so it's hard to get used to that that quickly. And um, and I think it was a good move for us to play against them that way. I think uh, I think simply said, in my opinion, it's just. Stephen playing a little bit more and playing the screens a little bit more overall made a huge difference for us because if he's comfortable off the screens, not that he wasn't last year, but he was a lot more comfortable this year, then he can see more more other angles of when to attack and when to do different things instead of just trying to survive over there. Last year, his driving amount of drives was so much smaller because he, he was just trying to survive there, you know, so that made a big difference. I think... Uh, Underhand serve made a big difference because it got us in the points, you know, and that last year got us at the back a lot of the overhand serves. And then we would constantly, constantly with with him being good off the screens, but still trying to improve. I think it was stressful, you know, because you're constantly under pressure. And this year we could control the net a lot more. And if we were at the back, it wasn't scary at all because he was, he was obviously good off the screen to the latter part of the season, in the beginning of the season with some of the lefty spins and stuff, it still threw us off. Interesting. Absolutely. I was going to ask you, do you think that uh, the, the underhand serves here to stay or you think it's a, a fad? Well, two guys winning the national champions with underhand serve, I don't think I need to answer that. So I think uh, that's a cocky Sometimes answer, I have to ask think, stupid uh, questions. Think, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you, you, know what I, you know what I mean. I don't think it's a stupid question. I think it's a very, very valid question and a very tricky one. But I think... Uh, Lots of guys are going to do underhand serve because of what we've achieved with the underhand serve and whether that's because the underhand serve or whether Stephen got a lot better, whatever the deal is, uh, or I got some better, not much. But anyway, um, I think uh, it definitely is going to make a lot more people serve underhand. If we didn't win, you know, I think it would have made a made, flipped it the other way and taken longer. But I think a lot of people are going to serve underhand in future, but that's my opinion. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the answer. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in on that. Uh, for me, it's definitely going to stay because it was the first volleys were a lot easier. A um, lot less balls were hit through on my serve for me in particular. And the first volleys were easier and it's also easier on my body. So it's definitely going to stay for me. Yeah, I Obviously, think, I think that's one of the big things improved. is the shoulder. I had a and, shoulder issue two years ago and uh, I contemplated doing the underhand serve and obviously didn't get a lot of a lot of play in this year but um i'm going to add on to the the underhand serve here do you guys think that the underhand serve will continue to evolve and what i mean by that is you guys both hit that serve from about your hip uh, and i've seen some guys like mick Odoya hit a harder one from up higher um to try to attack the crease a little bit yeah, um, I, it'll probably evolve. I think I think uh, all that attack in the crease and all that stuff is too high risk, unfortunately, in paddle. The more you play, the more you realize that's going to work one out of ten, and the other other nine, you're going to be 50%. They're going to make everything back, or and you're going to make false. So in the end, it's going to be negative. Um, but that seems to be the trend of paddle. But um, just as a as a as an add-on, anybody trying to do the paddle underhand serve don't do it it's very difficult just you know just let us do it we'll you know in 10 years when we retire maybe you can start thinking of doing it. guys you guys are also teaching teaching pros too um 
obviously most people that play the game of paddle aren't as talented as racket skills and have the racket skills that you guys have. Um, how do you teach how it on air now speaking to the, the millions of millions of listeners that we have, how do you, uh, how do you guys teach the underhand serve to your regular, uh, regular club player? Steve, I'll let you go. So I don't take over here. Uh, well, no, I mean, I've, I've, uh, I've taught it to some, but again, it also depends on, kind of their skill set in terms of what they can, what they can do. Cause it's, I mean, it is hard because of the short distance. You have mm-hmm. to get some kind of spin on that ball to, you know, to get it to dip on the other side and then stay low ish. Cause if you just kind of do it, you know, as a continental pop up, it kind of sits up and then you'll get whacked. Um, so it does depend if you, you know, have a bit of a Western grip and can, and can get a little bit of top spin on it. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's tough. It's not easy. Um, and so I don't know if it's for everyone. Um, you know, the more, the more I do it and the more I'll do teach it, I'll figure out how best to implement it for certain people. Interesting. Um, so Johan, yeah, definitely true. I think, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Johan for you, um, what's changed for you in the game from your, your first national win in 2010 to kind of this one in 2020? Um, you know, I, I play quite regularly with, with Scott Mansinger, who won the first set against you and Jerry Albrechts in 2010 and then yeah. uh, proceeded to lose the next um, 12 out of 13 games. And Scott will tell you that's yeah. kind of the game of paddle changed and you're the guy that changed it. Um, how's it changed for you last decade? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a hard question. Uh, somebody kind of asked me that the other day, and I haven't thought about that so much. But, uh, you know, changing the game is a little little, little flattering. I don't think it's 100% true. There's other guys that, that did that before. There was really, you know, a little bit faster-paced game and so on. But, um, but yeah, that worked out well, that match for us towards the end. But I think um, I think it's like, it's like a, it's like a wave for me, you know. It's like I've played for a long time, and when I started, I had no clue when I was playing too aggressive and all these kinds of things. And then eventually I figured out somewhat of the strategy and that I've got to play somewhat by the rules and so on. And then uh, that worked out for me, that nationals, and I did well for a while. And then, uh, and then I kind of got away from that a little bit too, because, uh, because I started doing too many, too many things that too crazy, you know, and I got, and I lost kind of, kind of sight of what you how you should play the game somewhat even when I was playing crazy at one point some people thought you know I was playing crazy but somehow I kind of still knew when it was tight that I would play different because I could control it but to some extent right you can, can't control it all but uh, but then I think also you, know, you can make a lot of excuses and things but I think for a long time changed jobs had a kid got married all these things happened for me in like a short space of time pretty much in a year I had a lot of these things happen to me, so I think uh, that made it hard for me to play a lot. And uh, not that I played that much, but I stopped teaching paddle and all that stuff because I went indoors. So all that stuff affected me somewhat, I think, especially decision-making-wise, because I didn't play that much. And I think that made me play still wild like I did before without the, the consistency of it, you know, and it's hard to get out of that. And um, and I was kind of getting bored a little bit too. Not bored because you know because we did okay. We still lost. It was just I was getting bored of of you know I didn't really know why I'm playing paddle. You know, so uh, I enjoyed it to get away. But when I have kids and I got to stay home, and you know I can go on and on about this. It felt like why am I doing this? You know, I don't need it anymore. I've I've kind of got a good job. 
if I won another nationals, who cares, you know? Um, but um, but then when I started playing with Mitchell, it was fun for me too. And we kind of started a little SA Rackets, little business, whatever. And, you know, and then that made me want to do better. And he was obviously excited about it. And we traveled together and we hit a little bit during the week. So then I'm like, hey, you know, now I was on the fence if I'm going to keep playing, you know? So then I think that made me want to play a lot more. And he got me excited about the about the game again, you know? So I think that was probably the biggest, it's more the mindset change for me than the how I play differently. I could always figure out how to play, but I needed to play enough to figure it out. I can't just show up there and, and you can do it for a year or two after you've done well, but then eventually it goes away, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, 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 long, I've long seen answer. You guys, I've, I've seen you guys off the court too. And you obviously, you get, you guys are good friends, right? You guys, you guys get yeah, along cool. great. And um, yeah. it helps, right? When you guys are playing together. Definitely. Absolutely. I think uh, yeah. Yeah. as opposed to disliking one another, your partner. Yeah. It's better to like your partner. That's, a, that's good. That's observant, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Tough questions. Yeah. yeah. That's good. You, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think one of the questions that's always interesting to find out, obviously being, being Rackets pros, it's, it's somewhat of a natural, but uh, how did each of you guys get into playing paddle originally? Yeah, and you start this uh, one. I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. You can follow, yeah. So, so I pretty much, long story short, I uh, went to Connecticut. I was friends with a guy named Paul Fairchild. And I went to visit him in Connecticut one day. And uh, obviously, you know, Carl Levin, a South African guy too, that ran Darien uh, tournament. Um, I went to visit Paul and he was playing a paddle match that morning. And I didn't know what paddle was. And I went over there and I, and I watched him. And afterwards, Carl came to say hi to me. So Carl and Paul were there after the match. And then uh, Paul's partner said, you want to play a little bit? I said, yeah, sure, I'll play. And then we played for like three hours. I liked it. And then I went back to Boston. I'm like, you know what? I might as well start doing something. I'm bored out of my mind anyway in the winter. And uh, then I kind of started just patching some matches together because obviously I was useless. But uh, I tried to try to play with some people and got into it. And uh, that's pretty much how I kind of fell in love with it because I had nothing to do on the weekends. And, and skiing and that stuff's too expensive for me at that point in my, in my life with what I was earning. And uh, this was a good way for me to get away on weekends and have fun and have a couple of beers and do something active. Do, do you remember what, what year that was? I mean, just for some perspective from, from then until... Oh, boy. I, I always... I, I always remember... Well, it was three years before, I think. I think I started in 2008 yeah, 2007. or 2007, something like that. Yeah, wow. somewhere there. Yeah, that's about right. That's impressive. How about you, Stephen? Well, actually, uh, Johan got me into it after he came back from that trip and started playing some more, then we were actually both coaching at the same club. Um, so he then got myself and a couple of the other guys, um, actually Genius, uh, Genius was one of them, and another South African guy. So the four of us went out and played a couple of times and obviously had some beers afterwards. Um, you know, and then I kind of got into it and uh, we played Nationals, would have been 2008, 2009, something like that. And then... 2009. Uh, 2009 and then we played that year which is when we started he got you know I just started playing Johanna played a year before me and then um I was having we were having our first kid and then the next year I wasn't really committed into doing it and smartly enough Johan found another partner and one with Jerry in 2010 so it all worked out well so I had you know 10 years to chew on that so <laughs> <laughs> uh, it seemed like it all worked out pretty well this year 
Yeah, that was no, fun. That's great. That's great. So, so here's, I, I, rem- here's I remember. I remember yeah. a stupid, stupid story. Before you ask the question, uh, I remember a stupid story. We used to go teach, and then we used to go play. Me, Steve, and like you said, Genius, and some other guy, Steve. Stephen Host was his name. Um, we'd always drive together in our car after our last TTP tournament training program for the juniors. We'd get in the car at 7.30 and drive like 35, 40 minutes to some freaking remote court and play, and play with nobody there. And uh, and we did it once or twice, you know, eventually it got stale. But the second time I think we went, we're playing and we're running and we're hitting balls everywhere. And Genius hits the ball and he stops. And um, I don't know if he made or missed the ball. And he looks up and he says, guys, I can't remember when last I had this much fun. And I was like, I thought he was going to kill us after he, before he said it. And then he said that. I'm like, where the hell did that come from? But I remember that as clear as day. It was the funniest thing ever. And I was like, well, you know, at least we're having fun. That's great. So here's, here's one kind of final question um, for you guys. You guys have played, played together now for a couple of years. Um, is who's your hardest opponent? When you guys go out there on the court, who gives you the most, you know, difficulty, you know, every match or, and that could be a single player as well. Yeah. And you want to go? Cricket. <laughs> Steve, you, well, you, you go. I've I don't got, know. I've got, a, I've got a couple. I mean, for me, obviously it's uh, um, John Hughes when I'm on the deuce side um, on the, it wasn't as bad on the ad side, but he still catches me a bit. Um, and then uh, when, you know, again, like another thing that I think, again, a lot of credit for me has to go to Johan in terms of how he did this year because he was willing to put me in certain positions on the court and then we play certain sides against people irrelevant of whether we won or lost so that I would get better for four nationals. So, you know, going into Philadelphia, I've been returning on the ad side and then flipping to the deuce side when the points were going on, obviously flipping out back to the ad side when we played John Hughes. But for Philadelphia, he said, stay on the ad side return and stay there so that if we play one you get to see his spin so that's another person that's that's tough for me to deal with on that side i'm not quite comfortable enough yet but you know it was it was good experience no that's great um, i think yeah, there's I so many guys out there that are that are extremely difficult i know personally i've played you guys uh you know a handful of times and um you know everybody's got their you know th- their little you know, tidbits of who they like to play, who they don't like to play, what shots they like to see. Um, I know me personally, the lower balls are always, you know, tough. Um, but it's, you know, you know pl- playing these level of matches. I know we talked uh, earlier on the episode about Presence Cup is it really just gives you a perspective of how, you know, how talented everybody is. And um, after good matches, wins or losses, you know, your confidence just gets built. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, let's. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. We'll let Stephen go uh, to his birthday. I just got one more question for you. Uh, I know Stephen's watched it. Johan, we discovered you might be the only person <laughs> in the U.S. without Netflix. Uh, you watched the Tiger King yet? <laughs> Come on, son. No, sir. Not, not, none for. I've just seen some skits. Oh man. All right. All right. Well, we've got to get you on again in a couple of months and uh, you've, you've got to have watched it by then. It's, it's amazing. I'll, I'll send him, I'll send him my, I'll send him my password. There you go. Thank you, Stephen. There you go. Stephen, would, would you mind sharing your login information with all the, uh, all the listeners of the podcast? 
I, re- I really do appreciate the listeners, but not that much. <laughs> guys, uh, thank, we, guys, we appreciate you so much. Thank yeah. you. Uh, thank you for coming on and uh, congratulations on a great season. Thanks a lot for having us and, uh, and good luck uh, with, with your show here. I think it's going to go well. You've got a good crew there. All right. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Cheers, it. Cheers, boys. Take care. Happy birthday, Stephen. Have a good All one. Thanks, man. Cheers, Cheers guys. Have a good one. Bye. Nice one. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks for, uh, for Stephen Mitchell and Johan Durant, the 2020 men's national champions, for joining us on this episode. Had a great conversation with them and appreciate uh, Stephen taking time away from the family on his birthday and, and Johan sharing the fact that he's the only person in America that hasn't watched the Tiger King so far. Uh, so this is part one of a two-part episode. Coming up in part two, we've got uh, one of the people on the other side of the court for the national championship, Drew Broderick, as well as building the ultimate paddle player. Thanks for joining us. I'm Noah. He's Ben. And that's Blake over there. Thanks for joining us.